Welcome to another exciting weekend message from Encounter Church. For more information, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. Uh, My name is Jared. I'm the lead pastor here at Encounter. And if you're listening on the podcast, we welcome you. What we're doing, um, we are in the middle of the famous passage of the Bible called the Lord's Prayer. And we believe that there are just some incredible examples of how God can speak to us, but particularly um, principles we can apply in our prayer life that will help us to have a vibrant uh, and, and communication and relationship with Jesus. And so we're going to do this together. Matthew 6, chapter, nine, uh, verse, chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. This is what the Lord's Prayer says. Let's just read it on the screen, or if you have your tablets uh, or your Bibles, please open them up or turn them on to Matthew 6. And it says this, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so we have been talking about this very, very familiar passage, very familiar prayer. Most of you, you know, maybe if you've grown up in a, in a church environment or a Catholic environment, have been uh, taught this prayer and have, have taught it over and over again. But maybe I think most of us have probably glossed over it and never really unpacked what does it mean in my life. And so week one, the first week we talked about it's all about God. You know, we said that, that prayer is more about God than it is about us. So it's our Father in heaven. Who is he, right? Hallowed be your name. God, you are the one I'm praying to. It's not about me. And then last week when Heather uh, had preached, she did such an incredible job. Didn't she? Didn't Heather do a great job preaching last week? Yes. Give her a hand because she did such a fantastic job. I am... I love seeing what God is doing in, uh, in my wife, Heather's life, and uh, she just brought a great word. And so she's going to be preaching here more frequently as well and excited about that. But she talked about our will versus God's will. And so there's the part of the, the passage that says, you know, your will be done, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We just sang that in the song. And the main idea last week was we pray God's will when we pray because he has bigger plans for our lives than us, right? So, so that's sort of that concept. Well, this week we're going to explore further into the passage of the Lord's Prayer um, by talking about verse 11. And verse 11 says this, Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. At this point, the prayer turns practical, okay? So for the first two weeks and the first two verses of the Lord's Prayer, it's about God. It's about who he is. It's about what he wants. Well, now Jesus teaches us and shifts it and says, once you identify truly God's place in your life and his place in the universe and his ability to infect your life and to intersect in your life and your situations, then you can begin to look into yourself and to begin to express what's inside of you. So it begins to turn practical. And verse 11 particularly talks about something that is very dear to my heart. And that is food. Food, food, food. The Lanzas love food. Okay? And Jared Lanza, probably particularly the most of it. This guy up here is uh, supposed to represent Salisbury steak. Uh, (laughs) And we'll get to him in just a second. You know, we, I love food. I talk about food. 
I enjoy going to restaurants. I think about food. I like exploring different places. When we go on vacation, what we oftentimes do is we go to uh, you know, different sightseeing locations based on where we're going to eat for the day. Um, when we go to New York City, we're like, okay, well, let's go to Little Italy uh, for around, around lunchtime because I want to try out this pizza place. And then we'll be like, oh, well, we want to go to Chinatown after that. So we'll make sure that that's around dinner. And so we, we organize our, our vacations and plans around food. I enjoy trying new restaurants. Um, I like, I'm on Yelp a lot. I leave reviews for people and things like that. I enjoy ex- discovering new foods. There's something exciting about it and enjoying the delicious things that our world has to provide. So much so that actually when we get home and we have regular meals, sometimes it feels kind of boring. And my wife is an amazing cook, but I'll tell you, when I grew up, I remember having Salisbury steak so much t- in, my, in my life growing up as a kid that I got sick of it. And that's why I picked this picture with the frowny face. Like, I, it's not even that I don't like Salisbury steak, but it's that, it's that there was this element of when you have something so often, if it feels just sort of normal, it gets to the point where it becomes boring and you don't want to do it anymore. So we have this sort of dichotomy with food, right? We have this space of, I love enjoying and experiencing and trying new things, but those new things sometimes can make the other things feel like they're boring or that they're not satisfying. Have you ever experienced this same kind of a feeling? Maybe tired of the same meals or maybe you're wanting more? I think... It's good to enjoy the wonderful things that our world has to offer. And so when we read in the Lord's Prayer, it says, give us this day our daily bread. Some questions popped into my mind as I was preparing this week. I mean, what does that mean, our daily bread? What is Jesus trying to teach us here? I mean, we know that food is necessary, so that's one thing. Without food, we would quickly disappear. We're not going to be around very long without food, so we know that. So we're instructed to pray for it. Jesus is telling us to pray for our, for our daily bread. But why? Why is he asking us to do that? I mean, is he teaching us to keep food simple? Is he teaching us that we shouldn't enjoy it? Is he only talking about food? What about other needs? Maybe he's talking about something else. Does God only care about our daily requirements of life, or is there more than that? Is there a greater element or a level to that? Give us this day our daily bread. I think it's important for us to remember the first two verses, though, of the Lord's Prayer before we can really understand verse 11. I mean, first part is, who is God? Verse 9 talks about our God in heaven. He's he's our Father. He's our provider. He cares about us. He loves us. He wants to guide us. He He has the ability to help us, right? So we know who God is. But what does he want from us? That's verse 10, where verse 10 is about your will be done. He wants his best for us. He wants to teach us. He wants to guide us. So Jesus is instructing us to pray about our physical needs, our daily bread in verse 11. So when it comes to the tangible things in life, like our food, like our jobs, like our our finances, our transportation needs, the things that we can actually touch, tangible things, right? Jesus is instructing us that before we think about those things, we have to first recognize who God is, right? The entire Lord's Prayer, everything below it. Next week, we're going to talk about forgiveness. And the week after that, we're going to talk about temptation. All of this stuff that is tangible in our life is really only affected when we put God in his right place. And so what he's saying to us is this, pray about our needs from the perspective that God cares about us and our needs and that he is strong enough 
to meet them, but also from the place of trust that he is bigger than us and that his plan to meet our needs is better than our own. Let me say that again. We need to pray about our needs from the perspective that God cares about us and our needs and that he is strong enough to meet them, but also from the place of trust that he is bigger than us and that his plan to meet our needs is better than our own. And so this is kind of our big idea of the day. If you have your notes, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to write this down. My needs are not my problem. My needs are not my problem. Can we say that together? My needs are not my problem. Now, this should be, this should be, like, it should be a, a weight lifted off your shoulders, okay? That, that the things that we worry about, we spend so much time thinking about, that it's not our job to think about them. Because Jesus clearly positions our daily requirements, the needs, the things that we need to survive. He positions them below the importance of who God is and his ability to affect our lives. And then he says, then pray, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. What is he trying to say to us here? Jesus is teaching us to come to our Father for our needs. It's no coincidence that the prayer starts with God at the top, and what he wants and then moves down to us as human beings. Our physical needs are important, but they are not ours to worry about. They are God's to take care of. So I would ask this question, why then, if it's not our worry or our problem, why then should we pray for our needs? Well, let's read Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 27. Let's see what it says. It says, "This, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? I mean, look at the birds, he says. They don't plant and they don't harvest anything or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? So why should we pray for our needs? The answer to that question is is because it reminds us of our source. It reminds us of the source of everything, that God is the one who takes care of us. He draws this picture. Jesus says, look at you worrying and fretting about, running all over the place, trying to have enough money to pay your bills, trying to get the clothes that you need to wear, trying to have food in your refrigerator. And all of those things are important because God sees them. And he paints a picture of these birds. He says, look at the birds. He says, I feed them and they don't even have to work. Like, they don't have to worry about these things. I take care of them. But then he draws this picture. He says, you're not even a bird. He says, you're a human being that I created and that I love. He says, so how much more am I going to take care of you? And that's why I underline that passage, that part of the verse. And it says, it says, your heavenly father feeds them. What Jesus is trying to say here is he's teaching us that God wants to hear from us. Why do we pray about our needs if God already knows them? Because he wants to hear from us. It's about that relationship that we talked about. And it goes back to his desire for that relationship, but also that we would rely on him. Well, okay, so, okay, so I should be praying, but are we now only talking about food? Give us this day our daily bread. Are we talking only about food? Well, let's see. Matthew 6, it goes on, verse 28 to 32, it says this, and says, And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field. So first he was talking about birds, and now he's talking about flowers. Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work and they don't make their clothing. Yet Solomon, the King Solomon, the greatest king who ever lived in all of Israel's time, 
in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. He goes on to say, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? And if I could add, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay my electricity bill? How am I going to pay my car payment? How am I going to get to work? How am I going to, whatever you're worrying about, Jesus is saying, these things, this is verse 32, check this out. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows your needs. He already knows your needs. And then he says this. It's a very famous verse that gets taken out of context all the time. Verse 33. So seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. So not only does he know what you already need, he promises to provide it if you will seek after him first. So the question, are we just talking about food? No. We're talking about all of our needs. Our daily bread represents every kind of physical need or earthly need that we have. Like I said, our food, it could be our clothing, it could be our jobs, it could be our financial situation, it could be, it could be uh, education, it could be all sorts of things. Whatever we need, our needs, our daily bread represents the things that we need to move forward in life. But verse 32 warns us, it says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But I also think that it dominates the thoughts of us as well. I don't think that as Christians we are immune to this. I mean, how many of you be honest? If you just be honest, maybe slip your hand up. You, you worry sometimes about your money. You worry about your finances and about things and bills, right? We are human beings. And I don't think that Jesus is just saying that, like, that, 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 that only unbelievers are the people who, who struggle with this. I think he's understanding. He knows that. But what he's trying to do is he's trying to separate us. He's trying to separate us from them and saying, look, they don't have any hope, so there's nothing that they can do. All they have to do is try to run around and work as hard as they possibly can to get end, to meet ends, to have ends meet. He says, but you don't because you know who your heavenly father is. You know that he loves you. You know that he is able to provide for you. And he know that in your circumstances, because what Jesus just said, he says, your father knows your needs already and he will provide them for you if you will seek his kingdom and live righteously. Jesus is teaching us to shift our thoughts from ourselves to him. Let him worry about the details. Let him focus on those things. Now, I'm not for a second, you know, pretending like you don't still have to pay your bills. I understand that. But I will tell you that there is a night and day difference inside of me and in my family from just a couple of years ago because God has taken me through this place there used to be a time where I knew God's word said that he will provide and I would say, God, I know you're faithful, but I'm having a real hard time seeing it right now. And I would go through my life and I would, but I wasn't quite aligning myself with him. And because I think that's where verse 33 comes in, seek the kingdom above all else and live righteously and then all those things will be added to you. I forgot that part. All I heard was the first part, which was that God knows my needs. And that he takes care of the flowers and the birds. But what he's saying is, is that if you know God takes care of you, if you know he has the ability to, he says, then seek me. Live for me. Give me your best. Put me in the place that I deserve. 
Show me that you believe that I can take care of your circumstance. Because it's one thing to say, God, I know that you're going to provide these bills. I know you're going to provide this electricity bill. And then it's like, but I'm not going to give my tithe because I don't trust that you're going to meet that bill. Now, I'm not just talking about financial giving here, but it's it's a great example because that's where I lived. I lived in that place for years to where I said, God, I know that you're faithful, but you didn't bring me any extra, so I guess I have to take care of it myself. That is not believing that God is faithful. That's taking it upon yourself. That's making your needs your problem. But you know what happens when I've been giving generously? You know what happens when for a couple years ago I started faithfully tithing, not because anyone told me to, but because God's word said it and I began to trust him? Do you know what happened when I started doing that? If I didn't have the money, by the time I needed it, it showed up somehow. I cannot tell you how many times you could ask my brother, you could ask my sister, they will tell you the same thing. Jared, how is it that you were able to pay all your bills over those last couple of years when your income was less than your expense list? I cannot tell you the answer to that question, only that God is faithful. But that happens when you seek his kingdom first. Seeking him first, living righteously, saying, God, this is not my problem. I have to do it, but I'm going to trust that you're going to provide. So God wants us to focus on what's in front of us, not the things that are out there. And Jesus even said, he says, does worrying add a day to your life? I mean, if you go around, some of you are in this room and you are worry warts. Some of you are worrying today, even right now. Your mind is half divided on another place because you're thinking about this thing that you're not sure what you're going to do. And Jesus is saying, does worrying help you? It just clouds things up and it just murks your, 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 the waters and you can't see. He says, don't worry, trust me. So Jesus is not just talking about food. He's talking about all of our needs. But here's an interesting question. Does God care about what I want? Or is it just what I need? It's an interesting question. Matthew 7, in the next chapter, this is what Jesus says in verses 7 through 11. He says, Ask, and you will receive. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, the door is open. Or asks, receives. Whoever seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door is open. Who among you, this is Jesus. I love he would always ask questions. Who among you, will give your child a stone when they ask for bread or would give them a snake when they ask for fish. If you who are evil, and he's saying evil is in, the, in humanity, for those of us who are sinful, all of us, know how to give good gifts to your own children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? God promises to provide for our needs, Okay? His promise is the baseline of his promise of faithfulness is he will always provide our needs. N-E-E-D-S, needs. God's faithfulness has a zero point, a, a baseline of providing for our needs. He is faithful and will always show up. But this question has been rumbling around in my head this week. And please, um, please forgive me if it just seems a little awkward or weird, but this just kept pounding in my head. And this is the question. Does God shop at Whole Foods or at Aldi? Does God shop at Whole Foods or at Aldi? Now, there is nothing inherently wrong with either of these places. We actually shop at both, okay? Most of our groceries come from Aldi because it's affordable and it's cheaper and it's a great place and it has some pretty cool stuff in there. 
But sometimes we also go to Whole Foods because they have particular items that we want or need and we try to be healthy. And if we have a little extra cash, we can go there. And so this question was rumbling around in my mind when we think about, okay, does God care about what I want or is it only my needs? So he says, he instructs us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. The daily bread, when as I was studying this week, has to do with give us the, the food, the things that we need for the upcoming day. So that kind of alludes to the fact that maybe it's only about, that it's only about like what we need, the requirements to satisfy our day, to be able to survive, right? But that doesn't match up with the rest of Scripture that I see. That, 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 that God is only a God of just enough. Because we know that God is a God of abundance. That God is a God of, of giving more. We know, as we talked about during the blessed life, it's not just about the bag mentality. That God promises us that if we are faithful with the little, that he will give us more. And that's true. What we sow, we reap. We see that all throughout Scripture. We see throughout Scripture all the time that God lavishes blessings upon people. So there is this element of, of God promises to provide us only what we need, and yet there is this other space where God paints a picture of that sometimes, for whatever reason, he chooses to give us something that we want. And so this question that I have in my head is like, does God shop at Whole Foods or does God shop at Aldi? It's not about the, the difference between the places. In my mind, what it was is, does God have the ability to shop at one or the other all the time? And does he desire ever to give his people good things? If I ask God, God, would you help me? I want a better job. Is he going to go, nope, I gave you this one and that's the best one you're going to get? I don't think so. God promises to provide for our needs. And sometimes when we ask him, God, I would love a job where I can do this kind of work because I feel like I'm excited about it and I would love to do this. And sometimes God says, yes, I want that for you. And he gives it to you. And other times he doesn't. Verse 11 says, how much more will your father give good things? Does God, our father, want to give us the bare minimum or might he sometimes want to give us something better? And I believe that story about Jesus saying, your father will give you even better things. Because he's saying, if you're a dad or you're a mom and your son asks you for, for, for a fish or, or, you know, or for, for, for a sandwich or something, you're not going to be like, get out of here, kid, you know, and, and kick him out of the house. Like, you're not going to say, here, eat this napkin. Like, that's not what parents do. And he says, if you who struggle with your humanity, struggle with greed or selfishness or fear or, or whatever sinful things live inside of us. He says, if you give good things to your kids, how much more? That's what I love is how much more. It's not just the minimum that I think God was saying here. I believe that shows that God does care about our wants. I believe this shows that God, that it is okay to ask him for things that we desire. But here's the disclaimer. It's got to be within the guidelines of verse 10 of the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. If you are praying for something that you desire and it's going to build your kingdom and it's going to accomplish your will, chances are you're probably not going to get it. God is still in authority. He's still in his place of verses 9 and 10. God in heaven, our Father, holy, hallowed be your name, your place, your special place in my life that no others can reach. That's who you are. But God, I would really like a Lamborghini. 
well, if you had a Lamborghini, it's probably going to cause you more problems than you think. It's probably going to go to your head, and then you're going to start to think that you got this somehow, you acquired this, so I'm probably not going to give that to you. But God, I really need a way to get to work. Well, that is something I can work with, right? Like, I think that's the difference. Like, we can pray, and I know some of you may struggle with this, and I'm happy to have conversations with you about this, but I have seen it in my life. I think it's okay to ask God for things that you want. Yes, I have a job. Yes, I have food in my pantry, my refrigerator. Yes, I can pay my bills. But God, you know what? I would really love to take a vacation with my family somewhere special. Some of you feel like that's not okay to ask God for those types of things. And I'm not here to make you feel guilty or feel as though, as though maybe even that you're wrong. What I'm asking you to do is just consider what God's word implies is that he loves us and he's big enough to tell us no. My kids come to me all the time and ask me for things that I'm going to tell them no about. Dad, I really want Minecraft on the PC. No, you already have it on the Xbox. You don't need it on the PC as well. But, but Dad, I really want this T-shirt. No, I just bought you a T-shirt yesterday. Or whatever it might be. My son's been asking for hot Cheetos for the last, the last like, month, it feels like. And we finally bought him a pack. You know? But I'm okay to say no to him. I don't get mad at him because he came and asked me for something that he wanted. Dad, I'm hungry. Yes, it is my job as a father to provide you lunch. So I will, but nothing else. I will not give you dessert tonight. No soup for you. I think, I think, I think God is like that. That God is at the place of when we come to him, we say, God, I, this thing is in my heart. I would really like it. And if I'm honest, it, because it would just be enjoyable. You know, I think God is big enough to look at you and see your heart, to see your motives and to say, no, you're not asking me for that thing because you want to help other people. You're asking because you want it just for yourself. For you, I know what it'll do to you if I give you that thing. But sometimes God looks at you and says, you know what, that would be great. You, 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 you should have that. You've worked hard. I think that's good for you. Go bless your family. Take them on that vacation. You hear my heart on this? This is, this is a space of God promises to take care of our needs. And I believe he desires to give us our wants within the parameters of his will, within his kingdom. If we pray according to God's will, God, I would love this thing. But if it's not for me, that's okay. And Jesus epitomized this as I was reading this morning. I wasn't going to include this in my message. Before Jesus went to the cross, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And the Bible says that he knelt down on the ground and he prayed and he said this to God, his father. And he said, if there is any way for this cup to pass from me, this, this suffering that's about to come to me. He knew he was about to go to the crucifixion. He knew he was about to go through the worst ordeal a human being could go through. And he kneels on the ground and he says, Father, I know I'm here for this. I know this is why I'm here. But is there any other way? His humanity was creeping through. Is there any other way? And he says, but if not, your will be done above all other things. And I imagine in that moment, he heard the Holy Spirit speak to him and said, son, this is too important. And he got up and he went to the cross for us. Jesus' life was the epitome of what I'm talking about here. God, I have a desire in my life. I have something I want 
I have this need and you meet my needs, but this is something I want. But your will be done. I think if we live in that space, you'd be surprised what God might, might bring to your life how he might expand things in your life. You might not be living in this world of this kind of scarcity anymore. There's not enough. Maybe it's just because you're not asking. God wants you to come to him, come to me and say, what is it you want? And I will show you. I can give you things. It's always a matter of the heart, guys. And I believe this, that our relationship dictates our desires. The closer I am to Jesus, the more I'm going to see his heart and know what he wants for my life. And I'm going to begin to desire those things. The further away from him that I am, the more I'm going to want what I want. And the things that I want are probably going to be not quite what he wants. So our proximity to Jesus is what helps us to know what we should pray for. Okay, so a couple quick practical elements before we wrap up today. So we've been instructed to pray for needs We know that it's not just about food, that it's about all of our needs. He wants us to come to him as the source of our life. And we can come to him even for some things that we want in life. So when we do pray for our needs, we say, God, this is what's in my life, this is what's in my heart. Here's some tips. Number one, start with the source. If you're taking notes, start with the source. Okay, that first passage, Matthew 6, 25 and 27, talks about how God is the provider. Go to the source. Give him his desire, his place of where who he is. If you come to him with needs or things on your heart, say, God, I know you are able to provide this. I can't do it on my own. I have no power to do this thing or get this amount of money or pay this bill or get a new car or whatever it might be. But he is. Start at the source. Number two, seek the kingdom above all else. Remember the next passage said that. He said, he is aware of your needs. He's aware of it. He wants to give you good things. But he says, but seek the kingdom of God first and live a righteous life. When you begin, this is again, the blessed life, guys. This is not just about money. It's about life in general. As I align myself with God's principles, as I align myself with what his will is, his design is for my life, he promises to then begin to work in our circumstances. Some of you out there are nodding your head because you have got this. You started to understand this. You started to live this and you've seen it. I encourage you to tell your story to other people. I encourage you in conversations as you've lived this out, tell them, look what God did in my life. I tried this principle out and it worked. Woo, amazing. God's word is true. Seek the kingdom above all else. Put your trust in the source and watch as he begins to meet your needs. And when we pray for needs, I would encourage you to ask for good things. Matthew 7, that next verse says, it's not it's one thing to just ask for a sandwich or to ask for the fish. He says, he says, ask for good things. Seek and you will find. Ask and you will be open. Knock and the door will be open to you. Ask and you will receive. He's just begging us. He says, will you just come to me? Will you come to me and ask? And I will tell you yes or no, or I will tell you why. And so here's the challenge for the day. I encourage you to view your needs differently. I encourage you to to view your needs differently. I think a lot of the problem in our life when we pray to God is some of us come to God and we don't do the relationship side of things. We don't give him glory. We don't listen. And we just kind of come with a laundry list, right? So that's the first kind of thing about viewing our needs differently. It's not a list, but a conversation. 
It's a conversation with God. You know, if, if you're at home with your spouse and you want something, hey, I, you know, honey, I'd really like to buy that Xbox One. This is the conversation that I had with Heather last fall. I didn't come to her and just give her a list. I would like an Xbox. I want a new video game. I want a controller. Here's the list. Give it to me. And then I wait patiently for Christmas to arrive. Like, that's, that's not what happened. What actually happened was we sat down and we talked. And I said, hey, I really think I want to get this. Some of the new games now are coming out. They're not being made on the old systems, such and such things. And we talked. And I heard what she had to say, some concerns that she had about it. You know, that's a lot of money. Um, you know, we'd have to save up for it. I'm not sure we could get it by Christmas. Whatever, you know. And we talked about it. And that's the same thing in our relationship with God. If we sit down with him and we say, God, you've done some really great things in my life. And, and you're meeting my needs. But it still feels really hard. Can I have maybe a, a raise at work just to give me a little extra cash because I don't have any, I can't ever go do anything or whatever. I mean, you know, and then you just, just give him your heart and listen to him. He'll speak back to you and he'll speak into your heart and through the Holy Spirit will speak and it will say something to you. It might even be just a feeling. It might be, I got this. It might just be a feeling of peace, you know, just be patient. But if we come to him with a list, we're not giving him the relationship that he's craving from us. I would encourage you to talk to dad, not a boss, okay? So that's the other thing is talk to dad, not a boss. Our worship team can go ahead and come on out. I think if we talk to him as though he's someone who loves us and cares about us rather than just wants to dictate everything to us, that's going to change the way we view our needs as well. I encourage you to ask for what you want and what you need. He already knows what you need, so tell him, God, I know you are going to provide these things I believe that you will provide for me. I encourage you also, though, to ask for what you want. But then the last piece of this is to trust that what you get is what you need. Or to trust that what you get is best. I mean, it's not just about giving. It's not just about getting. It's really about trusting that God knows best for us. Remember, week one, our Father who wants a relationship with us, who is in heaven, who is able to answer our prayers. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. I want what you want in my life. I want what's best in my life. And if I get that Lamborghini, that might be awesome, but it's probably not the best thing for my life. Someone's probably going to steal it. I don't know whatever that is. And I think it's very difficult for us to, to hear that, you know, because sometimes the things that we pray for, the things that we want in life feel like they are needs. And there is a difference. And sometimes we want something so badly. But God knows what that thing will do. Or maybe we're not ready for it. Or I don't know. But we have to trust that God is big enough that he sees the rest of the path for us. He sees the thing. Maybe we're asking for the Lamborghini, but maybe he wants to give me a Ferrari instead. If you know what I mean. We have to trust him. We have to view our needs differently. Would you pray with me? Come on! Thanks for listening to this message from Encounter Church. If you call Encounter Home, or if you would like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterPGH.com 
and click on the Support Encounter tab on the left side. This is a quick and simple way to stay up to date with your regular giving. We hope you join us next week.